Welcome back to the podcast. It's Christmas and Guitar. It's your host, Jack Hartley. And today it's going to be Group F. Uh, group of great intrigue. You've got teams coming back from long absences. Teams that are experienced. Teams that are new. Teams that... Uh, really four teams that I think could all advance in this World Cup. Teams that could all make noise. Teams that really no one should be underrating. No one should be underrating at all. So, let's, uh, without further ado, introduce you to this group, which is going to include Belgium, the favorites, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco also in there as well. Uh, Belgium, an aging team, along with Croatia. Newcomers to the tournament, Canada, haven't been here in, in over 30 years. And then Morocco, who often make the tournament, but rarely make noise. So we'll see if they can change that narrative in Qatar. So, let's begin with the, the favorites of the group. The team who, I guess I'll give a spoiler alert here, I am going to pick to win this, this group, Belgium. Belgium have to be favored, just because of their quality. Even if they're aging, this might be the, world, the last World Cup where they're going to be seen as this A1 team favored in, in whatever group they go into to advance, likely pick up nine points, likely uh, see their players contend for golden boots and tournament MVPs and everything else that you want to see individually at a World Cup. And that's why I think the, the narrative with Belgium to discuss more is beyond the group because they are going to advance. They will. They're, they're not a team who's going to disappoint at this World Cup. They have too much talent. Beyond the group, though, can they play in those knockout stages? Can they win games when they're close, when they're on the line, and when they're playing talent closer to themselves than what they're going to face in the group? So let's see. At the back, you've got Thibaut Courtois, of course, been the keeper for just about forever for, for this Belgium side. And that's not going to change before the World Cup. Courtois will be starting every game at this World Cup, barring injury, of course. And there's, there's little else to say about it. There's just so much quality to his game. There's a reason he's been a, a mainstay at, at Real Madrid, winning Champions Leagues for years. And not just winning Champions Leagues, but being a major part of those Champions League wins. Courtois is a player that you'd love to have in your team, no matter who you are, where you're playing doesn't matter. Then at the back, you're going to see maybe a little bit of a, a different element to this Belgian side, you know. Uh, you've got players like uh, Timothy Keston, uh solid player, uh, Arthur Teate. Uh, but then you've got, you got mainstays, you know, your, your Jan Vertonghen's, who's really succeeded after moving away from a, a terrible club situation. And then you, you've also got, you know, Toby Alderweireld in a very similar boat, just Spurs, you know, just, he was a very Spursy player for, for a long time, appears to advance beyond that, which is, you know, a very good thing for him, a good thing for the whole world watching this, this upcoming tournament. So yeah, uh, maybe there's not the same talent that you were looking for in past years with Belgium, but... I think what you will find is that this team is well-drilled, has the chemistry to be a favorite, and 
pick up the points they need to advance out of this group, especially with the, the attacking firepower they have, which is really unchanged. You know, you've got you've got your your top players here, Kevin De Bruyne, your Romelu Lukaku, who has the best odds, I believe, to to win the Golden Boot at this World Cup as it stands. But then you've also got your creators, you know, your your Yori Tielmans, your your Amadou Onanas, Leandro Trossard, who's just having a spectacular season for Brighton. And those players have really started to edge out the old guard. You know, the Thorgan Hazards, the Axel Witzels. Even Eden Hazard may not have a place in this team, despite, you know, carrying this team for so many years. And you just have to wonder with a team like Belgium, do they have the firepower to, you know, advance past this quarterfinal stage where you're going to start running into the top teams of the world? If the draw is correct, do you think that there's a a chance that maybe, you know, they get, they get a Japan in the round of 16? And then they advance maybe Serbia in the quarterfinals. Could Belgium make it to the semifinals? And from there, maybe go on to, to win a World Cup. Sure. And and really, there, there's a ticking clock against them. This golden generation of theirs is aging out. And they're going to have to rectify the situation one way or another. And I think the best way of doing that would be to actually win. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Certainly favored to progress out of the group. Certainly. There will be a challenge to winning this group for Belgium. And that will be in in a, a finalist at last year's or last World Cup in twenty eighteen in Russia, which is Croatia, who shocked the world, beating England in that semi final, uh, hanging with France for much of that that early final, playing a, a spectacular match of football, four two final score. You know, they, they've proven their ability to score too. You know, also keep other teams off the score sheet. And that's really all the game of football comes down to. Which is, why when you look at their team, you start to get a little concerned for this World Cup. You've got players who have maybe aged out of consideration for this team. And it's why they're maybe not seen as, you know, the favorites. It's why this group isn't seen as a, as a potential group of death like the last group. Because the quality of the secondary team Croatia isn't like uh, Spain, Germany, or Japan, even. Uh, at goalkeeper, they have a few options, namely uh, Dinamo Zagreb's uh, Dominic Livakovic. Very, very solid option at the back. But is there anything that's going to help him out when it comes to keeping balls out of the net? I don't think so. You've got players like, like uh, Chaleta Char, rather, who just isn't on par with some of his Belgian counterparts. For Belgium, you know, you've got very solid talents at the back, and someone who I think is going to work their way in for Belgium, not rather than Croatia, Belgium, who's just better than anything Croatia has, is the famous Belgium player, uh, Jan Instructi Video over Sand Kayakan. Instructi Video over Sand Kayakin is a very solid player. Someone who you can rely on, on that, in that back four or back three to win the duels that he has to win to help his keeper out. And of course, he won't have to do that much on Belgium because of the quality of the keeping behind him. But overall, instructive video over Sand Kayakin is a very, very solid player. I'm not sure what else you could ask for him.
But anyways, back to Croatia. Croatia has a very interesting problem. Unlike other teams where you see maybe too much depth, Croatia is top-heavy, which is not usually a strategy that'll have you find your way to the World Cup. You see, that's why Erling Holland is missing this World Cup for Norway. You need a team of 11 men to advance in, in these tough qualifying stages, especially in places like Europe. But overall, you just don't see that depth. All they have is stars. Duya Kalacicar at the back is a name, maybe not a star. Dejan Lovren, but I mean, these these are people who are losing a step as of late. You've also got, uh, you know, other decent players, but there's just nothing around. They're stars. And you know, the stars, everyone knows, of course. you got Mateo Kovacic, Luka Modric. Uh, then you look beyond that. You've got Ante Rebic, who's just not playing well for Milan. Played out of the team. Uh, not someone I'd trust if I was Croatia to, to hold the ball up in the midfield. And then you've got Andrei Kamaric, you know, Marcelo Brovic. It's not good enough. And that's why they're going to need a, an exceptional performance from one of their best players, uh, Luka Imovine. Imovine is just an excellent player. Imovine has the ability... Much like uh, Manchester United's Anthony, to just have the ball and know exactly what to do with it at all times. And he's very creative, very fun to watch. And I think that's why Croatia might end up being, or rather going from a team seen maybe as a little defensive or cautious, to being some sort of fan favorite at this tournament. Because they absolutely deserve to, to, deserve to be because of the play of, of characters like Luka Umovina. So those are the, the two favorites, I think. Uh, many pundits you'll see favor Belgium and Croatia to, to advance out of this group. But the interesting thing is that they'll always be ready to acknowledge the other two teams in this group because they know how dangerous they can be. And I think that's why we're going to next progress on to one of the more interesting teams of this World Cup, the team of my home nation, uh, Canada, who's just been inspirational over the qualifying period. You know, they were going through CONCACAF qualifying, uh, only accepted because of a change in the format due to, to the pandemic. They had to beat teams like Suriname or Haiti, Virgin Islands, to get in. But now that they're here, they ended up winning the entire CONCACAF qualifying round. Uh, uh, beating and drawing Mexico and beating and drawing the states as well. They are looking like the powerhouses of CONCACAF over the next few years, and that's led, of course, by their star player, Alfonso Davies. Uh, one of the better players at Bayern, one of the better young players in the entire world, has really just taken this team to another level. And while well, you'll often see him playing maybe at uh, a right-back position for Bayern, Canada, they require their best players to play at more essential positions. You'll see Davies operating as some sort of rover in the midfield, as someone who can catalyze their entire attack. And that attack is also lethal. It's led by uh, Jonathan David, who's 
the current Golden Boot leader in France for playing for Lille. And Kyle Lahren, who is uh, struggling to find minutes, unfortunately, for his club in, in Belgium, Club Brugge. But is, at the same time, uh, someone who is the all-time leading goal scorer for Canada. Achieved that record during qualifying. And I think that those two strikers have the ability to put the ball in the net uh, better than any of these sort of third and fourth teams in any other group, which is what, what makes Canada so scary, especially considering the kind of top-tier opposition that they've they've beaten in a typical underdog fashion. You know, their their counterattacks are lethal. They've got a keeper in Milan, Milan Borian who makes massive saves. And beyond that, their players are, are moving all over the world. They've got a, a very good manager in John Herdman. They're very uh, fluid in their formations. Who knows what they're capable of doing at this World Cup. I think that they'll probably end up in third place. They'll have a, a solid match against Morocco, but they may be favored to win that one. And we'll see if they can take a point off either the, the top two teams. It's been a while since Canada played such quality opposition competitively. So, uh, yeah, what, what can you say about Canada? They're a, a team fully capable of surprising the world, but will they actually is the question. And I think a player who could really lead to that surprise for Canada is uh, Maxime Untrompette. Untrompette is a very, very good player. Because of his ability to just have those loud moments, if you know what I mean. They've the moments that ignite the crowd because they're the spectacular volume of those moments. It, it comes alive at the, the biggest moments and it really annoys people who are are playing against him or are in the vicinity. But it gives Canada that element that you need to succeed at a World Cup, for sure. Moving on. We have the last place team in this group. Uh, by most standards, by most predictions, which is going to be Morocco. And Morocco, it's an interesting team, for sure. It's a, a team where you look at the roster and notice... Uh, not a very Moroccan flair to it. Because these are many French-trained players, uh, many internationally-born players, including uh, even born in Canada, as their their biggest rivals probably in the group will be Canada. So you, you start from the back for Morocco, right? And you've got players like, uh, like Bono, uh, who's probably going to be their starting keeper, uh, plays for for Atletico Bilbao, uh, who has really come on as as of late as a, as a club, uh, a team who can really press the the life out of their opponents, and the only reason they're able to do that is because you can rely on some solid shot stopping at the back from from Bono. Then you look at at the defense, where I think is where Morocco is unique in this tournament because this is where they really have the the pinnacle of their skill. You've got, of course, uh, Ashraf Hakimi, who's uh, a brilliant player for PSG, someone who can provide that, that spark even out of the defense. He's going to look to make his way forward as much as possible for sure. 
Uh, but also you've got players like West Ham's uh, Nayef Aguer or uh, Byron's Nasur uh, Azraoui. And you start to see a defense court coming along that can really rival just about any other other team in this entire tournament. So Morocco is going to be stingy to beat, which tends to fare well at this tournament. If you'll remember England at the Euros, tournament football is largely based off just keeping the ball out of your own, out of your own net. And Morocco have the capability to do that for sure. Then you move into the, the midfield and forward group. You got players like uh, Hakim Ziyech, uh, who for Chelsea, maybe has fallen fallen back a little bit. Chelsea has gone through quite a lot over this this last few years, and Ziyech has maybe fallen uh, victim to that a little bit. And the the problem with Morocco is that if Ziyech is not as, at his best, there's little else around him. You got players like uh, Youssef El Nesri. Not much there. You got Marseille's uh, Amin Arit. Not good enough. Uh, if you don't have Ziyech properly going in this tournament, where are those goals going to end up coming from? I don't know. I don't know how you can look at this group and see Morocco having the ability to score with Belgium, Croatia, or even Canada. So if even one goal goes in, where's that coming from? And that's why uh, I think they're going to be relying so much on the focal point of their attack. Uh, Musa Akis Mulakima. Akis Mulakima is a, is a great attacking option. Someone who you look for to look to to uh, find those those key goals and those key moments, when Morocco is often going to be struggling, I think to find uh, any semblance of an attack, Akis Mulakima can come in and bring the group together and maybe find a way through some of the stingier defenses uh, like a Croatia perhaps. Uh, Morocco is really a, a team that's designed to beat itself a little bit. They're a team that plays to a very uh, conservative, passive brand of football. And I don't think that's something that anybody's going to really want to watch. I don't think people are going to be clamoring to watch, you know, Morocco play Croatia. Unless, of course, you're you're from either of those two nations. Because it's just not going to be the kind of game you're looking for at such a a massive tournament. It's not going to provide that drama. Now... Uh, that aside, what are my predictions for the group? As I said before, Belgium, likely the top place in this group. I don't see how you can really think of anything else for Belgium. They are a team with great attacking instinct, great defensive instinct, likewise. And they have the star power, I think, to just overpower everyone else in this group without much trouble in their way. I see them maybe as a either a team that is going to come up against a, a tough match, maybe a Spain in a round of 16 and play it. That would probably be a brilliant game. I don't think there would be any shame in losing a match like that. But Belgium is really up against the clock, as I said before, and they, they need to be able to, to win this World Cup because there is no future for them. Uh, Croatia, second place in the group, I would imagine. Luka Modric is... 
still among the best players in the world, still is deserving of all the credit he gets in the media. Croatia may not advance beyond the round of 16. I'm not sure if they have the youth on their side to do that, but they will have the spirit to do it. We'll see if they can surprise us all. Maybe I'm a, feel, a fool for for doubting them again. Then you've got a team like Canada, who I think is really going to provide a show at this World Cup. Are they going to get the points necessary to advance? Maybe not. But could I see them, you know, playing Belgium to a 4-2 loss, then Croatia, a higher scoring draw, maybe 2-2, and then yeah, scoring against Morocco, uh, some sort of late finish, maybe a 2-1 a, a match against Morocco. Yeah, and I think that would be considered a, even a success for Canada. I know they want to advance out of the group, but just playing good football against good teams, being recognized on the world stages, it's all you can really hope for. And then lastly, Morocco, who may not pick up a point in this group. They're the kind of team that, who knows, maybe they, they'll pick up one or two points because they're they're really built to draw. They're not built to find that, that winner. So if they can get the ball out of the back of their net, they can have a respectable performance at this World Cup, but I just don't see a path to them getting out of the group. So that's it for the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, and please leave a, a five-star review. And see you next episode.